Hey everyone, welcome to the Southside Church Podcast from Chilliwack, British Columbia, Canada. We're praying that hope would rise in your life as you listen to this message today. So growing up in the country, on an acreage about a half an hour northwest of Red Deer, Alberta, there were chores to be done. And I want to make sure I'm completely honest Uh, By no stretch of anyone's imagination was I ever overworked. But the truth is, on an acreage, there's a couple jobs that everybody has to do. One of my jobs was mowing the nearly two acres of lawn with a John Deere garden tractor. It sounds simple, right? It sounds easy. There should not have been any incidents, and yet there were. There were incidents. And the reason why was because, as a kid, I had a lot of trouble focusing. My mind would wander, and I would have daydreams. But at the same time... I was super impatient, so I wanted to mow that lawn in world record time every time. I would get that John Deere going as fast as it would go, and that sucker flew. So I'm driving around the lawn, Mach 3, with my hair on fire, and my mind would start to wander. And there were incidents, like I ran over a couple trees that my parents had been planting. Uh, One time, I jumped over the curb between the lawn and the driveway, and the mower deck got high-centered on the curb. So the blades are just chewing into the concrete, and people all over the place are jumping for cover to avoid the concrete projectiles. One time I was mowing near our German Shepherd Trapper's doghouse. Now, this is not a grisly story, okay? Every time I was mowing, I was smart enough to make sure Trapper was in the people house, okay? So he was safe. But he's in the people house, and I'm mowing near his outside house, and I get a little too close to his chain. And what I mean by a little too close to his chain is I ran right over it, okay? So I ran right over his chain, and it got wrapped in the blades. But that sucker was secured tightly because it didn't pop out. It dragged the whole garden tractor sideways towards his house until when it got really close, the, the thing went up on end. And my mom's a saint. My mom is a saint. When I was growing up, my dad was on the road a lot, so often it was my little sister my mom and me. I think there's a special reward in heaven for her just for putting up with me. And every once in a while she would sit me down and she would say, Mike, I just have one question. I said, do you do a bad job on your chores on purpose so you don't have to do them anymore? And I would always think really carefully about that question. And to this day I would say, no, I did not. At least not consciously. Now I bring that story up to kind of set up the passage that we're going to be tackling over the next two weeks, two weeks is a fairly lengthy conversation that Jesus has with a group of religious Jews. And it's very evident as you move through the conversation that these men are doing a bad job on purpose. They're doing a bad job of listening on purpose because they don't want to apply the truth that Jesus is trying to convey. So let me set the stage a little bit. Jesus has just fed 20,000 people with five loaves and two fish. Amazing. And then he makes his disciples get in a boat. He does not get in the boat with them, and the disciples head in the boat across the sea back to Capernaum. Okay? So so the, the crowd there sees Jesus' disciples get in the boat, but they know that Jesus didn't get in the boat. But many of that crowd, they end up back in Capernaum, and they see... Jesus, like, wait a minute, you were in the boat. John chapter 6, starting at verse 22. The next day, the crowd that was left behind realized that there had been only one boat, and that Jesus had not gotten into it with his disciples. 
they had seen them go off without him. By now, boats from Tiberias had pulled up near where they had eaten the bread, blessed by the master. So when the crowd realized he was gone and wasn't coming back, they piled into the Tiberias boats and headed for Capernaum looking for Jesus. When they found him back across the sea, they said, Rabbi, when did you get here? They're trying to do the math, right? Like you didn't get in the boat. There's no way you could have walked around. What is happening here? Jesus answered, You've come looking for me not because you saw God in my actions, but because I fed you, filled your stomachs, and for free. Don't waste your energy striving for perishable food like that. Work for the food that sticks with you, food that nourishes your lasting life, food the Son of Man provides. He and what he does are guaranteed by God the Father to last. To that they said, well, what do we do then to get in on God's works? Jesus said, sign on with the one that God has sent. That kind of a commitment gets you in on God's works. They waffled. Well, why don't you give us a clue about who you are? Just a hint of what's going on. When we see what's up, we'll commit ourselves. Show us what you can do. Moses fed our ancestors with the bread in the desert. It says so in the scripture. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus responded, The real significance of that scripture is not that Moses gave you bread from heaven, but that my father is right now offering you bread from heaven, the real bread. The bread of God came down out of heaven and is giving life to the world. They jumped at that. Master, give us this bread now and forever. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. The person who aligns with me hungers no more and thirsts no more ever. I have told you this explicitly because even though you have seen me in action, you don't really believe me. Every person the Father gives me eventually comes running to me. And once that person is with me, I hold on and I don't let go. I came down from heaven not to follow my own agenda, but to accomplish the will of the one who sent me. This is what my Father wants. That anyone who sees the Son and trusts who he is and what he does and then aligns with him will enter real life, eternal life. My part is to put them on their feet, alive and whole at the completion of time. At this, because he said, I am the bread that came down from heaven, the Jews started arguing over him. Isn't this the son of Joseph? Don't we know his father? Don't we know his mother? How can he now say, I came down out of heaven and expect anyone to believe him? Jesus said, don't bicker among yourselves over me. You're not in charge here. The father who sent me is in charge. He draws people to me. So Jesus is attracting a lot of fans. It's fun to be around him. He does cool stuff. The group in this passage, they're looking quite literally for a free lunch. Hey, Jesus, can can you do that loaf and... Fishes thing again, that was super sweet. Like, that'd be awesome. But Jesus looks at them that day, and he says, I did not step into human history to attract fans. I came to invite followers. And I would suggest to you today, January 15th, 2023, the same is still true. See, God inspired John to write this gospel so that we would know what Jesus said and what Jesus did. Yes. But even deeper, that we would know who Jesus is. And even deeper still, that we would know him. That we would actually know him. See, because when you know Jesus, you begin to trust him. And faith, faith, faith 
Faith takes us from fan to follower. Faith takes us from fan to follower. I was in the gym last week, Monday, January the 9th. Early morning workout. I'm not like a 4 a.m. guy, but I, I work out pretty early on the morning. And on this particular day, January 9th, the gym was busier than normal. And I was just like kind of weaving around people, waiting for machines. And finally, halfway through my workout, it hit me. This is the first non-holiday Monday of 2023. These are all the New Year's resolution people in the gym. (laughs) And every year up until this year, I've been rather smug about that. I have been. I bump the other, you know, regular workout people and I say, don't worry. It'll be quiet in here in a week. All these people will have quit. But this year... I felt like God told me to pray for all the New Year's resolution gym people. That I was supposed to pray that they wouldn't make it just a week, but they would make it six weeks. And then at six weeks, it would become more than a resolution, but it would become a habit, and they would reach their goals. Which was really, really nice of me. (laughs) Especially in light of the fact that two of the new people, the New Year's resolution people at the gym on that particular morning, were what I call air guitar workout people. Do you know any air guitar workout people? It kind of comes from like these new noise-canceling headphones that everyone wears now. People get immersed in their music, you know? And so what happens is these two guys, these New Year's resolution workout guys, they were just really into their music. So in between sets, well, they were doing air guitar, right? They're just playing the guitar. The one guy, he was like every instrument. He's playing his guitar, he's doing the drums, he's singing along. One guy was more, he stuck to the guitar, right? In between sets, he was just on the guitar. And I don't know why, but people... They just frost my flakes, those air guitar workout people, you know? And yet, and yet I prayed. I prayed that they would last for six weeks and that it would become a habit. New year, new me, physically fit in 2023. Resolutions. Last December, the first week of December 2022, I decided to fast. I had nothing but water and just a little bit of black coffee for five days. And for three of the days that I was fasting, I went up to a place called Camp Squia, just north of Hope. Just wanted to really spend some time all by myself, spend some time with God. So while I was there, I realized that for two of the three nights that I was going to be up there, the Oilers, the Edmonton Oilers, were actually playing. So I prayed. I said, God, I'm up here to spend some time with you. And yet I noticed that the Oilers are playing twice. I don't suppose like I should watch the game, should I? And I felt like God said, you know what, Mike? Go ahead and watch the game. (laughs) I did. He said, it's a couple hours, just watch the game. I've done some study, by the way, and I found out that there is a spiritual aspect to being an Edmonton Oilers fan. In Romans chapter three, we read. (laughs) In Romans chapter three, we read, rejoice in your suffering, because your suffering (laughs) It does. You can look it up. So anyways, God says, go ahead and watch it. And so then I asked God another question. I said, okay, God, well, you know, I like to spend about 15 minutes a day, just 15 minutes, and I like to check Oilers' rumors, just to see if they made a trade or something like that. I said, God, I don't suppose I should, like, check Oilers' rumors while I'm up there, should I? And I felt like God said, Mike, go ahead. Go ahead, spend 15 minutes seeing if your team made a trade. And then I asked one more question. See, for me, 
when I go for walks or when I'm doing work around the house, I like to listen to stuff. And sometimes I just listen to sports podcasts, just mindless stuff to entertain me while I'm doing whatever I'm doing. I said, God, when I go for walks and when I do stuff while I'm up here at Camp Squia, I don't suppose I should be listening to sports podcasts. And he said, you know what, Mike? You shouldn't. You probably shouldn't. It was interesting because I'm a really auditory learner. I always have been. I learn by listening to stuff. And I felt like God said to me, he said, moving forward, what I want you to do is I want you to listen to stuff that actually helps you grow. Grow in wisdom, grow in knowledge, grow in faith. And so that's what I did, and I've kind of carried it on. I see there's a bunch of other people that have started doing that too. New year, new me. Mentally edified. Mentally strong in 2023. New Year's resolutions. There's a young woman on staff. She denies this, but I know for sure that she made a New Year's resolution to be more positive. I can tell. I absolutely can tell. Now, she's always been a positive person, but it's over the top now, right? If you walk up to her and you say, man, I drove to Vancouver yesterday. Traffic was brutal. It took me seven hours to get there. She will look at you this year and she will say, that's amazing. That's so cool. You'll be like, I just told you it was seven. She says, yeah, but think about all the time you had to pray to sing (laughs) songs, hymns, and spiritual songs to the Lord. Seven beautiful, blessed hours. Okay, yeah, okay, I get it. (laughs) See, I broke my leg yesterday, kind of hard. She'll say, wow, how lucky are you, right? I broke my leg. Yeah, but you could have broke both, and then you couldn't even use crutches. (laughs) Really positive this year. I got my car stolen yesterday. Wow, wow, what an answer to prayer that must be. Yeah, I mean, think about all the exercise you're going to get as you walk, run, and ride your bike everywhere you have to go. It's a beautiful thing. New year, new me. Positive in 2023. And I got to thinking about that. Because Jesus is here speaking to these people who are really looking for a free lunch. He says, hey, I'm not looking for fans, but I am inviting followers. Followers. And And it got me thinking about his plan for you this year and his plan for me this year. And what I want to suggest is that being physically fit is great. Being mentally strong, knowledgeable, full of faith is awesome. Being emotionally positive this year is great. But I believe that Jesus wants to call us deeper. Wants to call us even deeper. In fact, I would say it this way. Not new year, new me. Not new year, new me. That's not the point. See, I think it's really important that we get that. That's not the point. God's plan for you and me is new year, more me. God's plan for you this year is new year, more you. More you, the youest you that we've ever seen yet. The world desperately needs you to be the youest version of you that we've ever seen. See, you know why? Because God thought you up. You're his idea. He created you on purpose, with a purpose, for a purpose. Like God looked at this world, he looked at this city, he looked at your neighborhood, he looked at this church, he looked at your family, and he said, you know what this world could use? You know what this city could use? You know what your family could use? Just a little bit of that. And he placed you on this planet in this moment. 
new year, more you. We need, the world needs, your family needs, the U.S. version of you that we have ever seen. That this year, all the stuff that isn't you, all the stuff that's holding you back would slowly but surely be chipped away. New year, more you. New year, more me. Spiritually alive in 2023. Spiritually alive, spiritually alive. Jesus said, you know what you need to do? You need to feed your soul. Deeper than physical, deeper than mental, deeper than emotional even, you need to feed your soul. Spiritually alive in 2023. We need to feed our soul. And so what I want to do over the next couple weeks is I want to talk about seven ways that you and me can feed our soul. New year, more you, more you, more you, the youest version of you we've ever seen. Seven ways to feed your soul this year. It's actually seven R's. You might remember, some of you, that I gave you five R's last year. This year I'm giving you seven. It's inflation. It's, right? <laughs> it's not just real estate and gas, right? It's sermons, too. I plan to preach 25% longer this year. No, I don't, I don't. No, I, I added two, not to make it more complex, but I think it's actually going to make it more simple. So the first R is this. Read. Read the Bible. Read the Bible this year. Listen to the Bible. Podcast the Bible. Make it a priority to be here, online or in person, where we sing the Bible, where we preach the Bible, where we study the Bible together. There was something so profound about what Leah said a few minutes ago. Someone asked you, what's going on at Southside Church in 2023? Oh, into the darkness we go. I, w- I would love it. I would love it if we could establish a culture of invitation at this church. A culture of invitation says this, I was placed on this planet for a reason. I work where I work for a reason. I go to school where I go to school for a reason. I'm in the family that I'm in for a reason. Because everywhere around you, there is darkness. There's hurting people all over. All over. For some of them, you can't tell. But there's darkness. There's pain. There's loss. There's grief. There's sorrow. There's guilt. There's shame. There's regret. There's conflict. There's anxiety. There's worry. There's discouragement. There's depression all over the place. And so where does God send us into the darkness? We're here to shine his light, to bring his light. So I want to ask you this year in 2023, can we make it a priority to ask God, hey God, is there someone, one person in my life that I can extend an invitation to this year? Because I'm going to tell you the truth. There's an anointing on this church. God's working through this church. He's working through us as a people. That when people tune in online, when people walk through these doors in person, something happens. God begins to shine his light. New year, more you. Chipping away all that isn't you this year. So read the Bible. Read the Bible, listen to the Bible, podcast the Bible, make it a priority to be here invite people. I'm not going to talk a lot about how to read the Bible today. 
But I will tell you this, if you have any questions about how to read the Bible, you can always reach out to our number, 604-670-3040. Do you guys want to put it up for a second and maybe leave it up? Now, I want to leave that number up just for a second because maybe you've noticed that often we have a keyword, some kind of keyword that goes with that number. But I also want you to know that number is your connection to Southside Church anytime. You don't need a keyword. So if you're wondering, man, how, how do I read the Bible? Is there a Bible reading plan for me? Is there a translation that you can re- recommend? Can I get some prayer? Can I get some help? You can text that number absolutely any time. I'm not going to get a lot into the how of reading the Bible today, but I will talk a little bit about the why. So a while back, I started reading through the New Testament of the Bible one chapter at a time. Okay, so the, the first book of the New Testament is the Gospel of Matthew. So I started in Matthew. Then I went through Mark. And then I went through Luke. And then the next book is the Gospel of John. And the Gospel of John just so happens to be the book of the Bible that we are working through as a church right now. We're going to journey through John. So I skipped it. Then I went to Acts, to Romans, and now I'm in 1 Corinthians. And you might look at me and go, that's kind of weird, Mike. Why would you skip John? That's, that's, we're, we're journeying through John. That's exactly where we're at. Why would you skip the Gospel of John? Here's why. When I read the Bible in the morning, I don't want to be reading it thinking, oh, I could use that in a sermon. Because there's a why behind why I read the Bible. Now, it doesn't mean that when I'm reading the Bible and when I'm doing my devotions, sometimes God shows me stuff. It'll probably end up in a sermon, but I don't want that to be why I read the Bible. Does that make sense? Let me put it a different way. I think we need to read the Bible not as fans, but as followers. Because Jesus didn't step into history to attract fans. He came to invite followers. Last Christmas, my daughter-in-law, Lexi, bought my son, her husband, Lucas, two Oilers tickets for Christmas in Edmonton. And out of all the people in the world that Lucas could have picked to go to the Oilers game with him, he picked me. I might be the only other Oilers fan he knows, but that's neither here nor there. He picked me, which was awesome. So we flew into Edmonton. The seats that she got us were just incredible. Third row. Third row, right beside the Oilers bench. So we got there for the pregame. We're watching the pregame warm-up. And I had a few friends from out here texting me. And they didn't know I was in Edmonton. They didn't know that I was in an Oilers game. So what I did was I just took a picture on my phone of the third row vantage point with the Oilers logo in the background. And one of them texted me back right away. And he said, man, I hope Connor McDavid puts on a show for his biggest fan. And I thought to myself, I don't know if I'm his biggest fan. But I guess that's what I am, a fan. Because the alternative would be weird, right? The alternative would be weird. Because imagine this for a second. Let's say Lucas and I get there for pregame, okay? And the Oilers are warming up, and I'm just locked in on Connor McDavid. Every stick twirl, every stick handling drill. Okay, every time he skates, I'm just watching him, just watching him, okay? Then the game starts, and again, I'm just locked in on Connor. Not watching the rest of the play, just Connor. When he comes off the ice, which is very seldom, okay? But when he comes off the ice, I'm, I'm just watching him on the bench now. Watching him drink his bio steel, whatever he does, you know? And, I'm just, and let's say that halfway through the second period, Lucas looks at me and says, what are you doing? And I say, oh, oh, 
That's easy to explain. I'm studying Connor McDavid because I'm going to follow in his footsteps. I'm going to become just like him. I'm going to be the oldest person in history to make their NHL debut. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> Lucas probably would have checked my Twizzlers for a doping agent at that point, and, and rightly so. And yet, and yet, when we read the Bible, that's exactly how we read the Bible. God's plan for you and me is that we would become more and more and more like Jesus. And so new, new year, more you, more you in 2023, the you that we've ever seen this year. And you were created in whose image? Yeah, you were created in the image of God. So the more you become like Jesus, the more we're going to see the real you. We're going to look at you and we're going to see love and joy and peace and patience and goodness and kindness and gentleness and faithfulness and self-control. That's amazing. Courage. Wisdom. Generosity. Vision. That's what your life was meant to look like. So when we read the Bible, we don't read as fans. So I'm not reading the Bible thinking, I can use that in a sermon. We're not reading the Bible saying, man, I can post that on social media. Now look, if you post Bible verses on social media, that's great. But don't make your Bible reading about that, right? We're not reading the Bible going, man, I can use that on a bumper sticker. Or worst of all, we're not reading the Bible going, I can take that verse out of context and use it to win an argument. Read the Bible. We read the Bible, not as a fan, but as a follower. So you say to me, well, Mike, I only have time to read one verse a day. Amazing. Let's start there. But read that one verse as a follower, right? So you say, God, show me one thing I can apply to my life. Show me one thing, one thing that you might change in me, that you might bring me more to being the meest version of me that the world has ever seen. So number one, read. Read, not as a fan, but as a follower. Second, review, review. Spend some time every day reviewing your last 24 hours with God. Socrates said, the unexamined life is not worth living. You want to hear something funny? I have an aunt who watches from Alberta every week. And she hates when I make fun of Red Deer. So in first service, in first service I said, as Socrates once said, and then I said, that's how we say Socrates and Red Deer. She texted me right away and told me not to do it second service, so I'm not going to, Okay. It's Socrates and Red Deer, it's Socrates and Chilliwack, all right? It's not Socrates. Anyway, Socrates said, the unexamined life is not worth living, and I think that's true. I think it's true because if we don't examine our life and take a look once in a while, right, what happens is we can be heading slowly on a trajectory to some place where we never wanted to go, and how do we get there little by little? You say, man, how did he destroy his life? He never set out to destroy his life. How did he get there? Oh, just little by little. You know, how, how did she blow up her marriage? She never intended to blow up her marriage. How did it happen? Oh, it just happened little by little. How did she destroy that company that she built from the ground up? How did that happen? Oh, it just happened. It wasn't a goal. It just happened little by little. How did he become addicted? 
that was never a dream. That was never an aspiration. That was never a goal, he said. How did he get addicted? Oh, it, it just happened little by little by little. The unexamined life is not worth living. It's important that we take a look back once in a while and understand how did I get here and, 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 where am I headed? Here's an example that maybe most of us can relate to. A time when you got mad, but you stay mad because you don't want to deal with the stupid stuff you did when you got mad. Okay? So you're having a bad week. Bad day in the middle of a bad week. Bad hour in the middle of a bad day in the middle of a bad week. And you take it out on somebody. You take it out on your spouse. You take it out on your kids. You take it out on your friends. You take it out on your parents. You throw your Slurpee. Sour green apple and Coke. Boom! You just throw it across the room. And the minute you do it, the minute you do it, you think to yourself, that was dumb. What an overreaction that was. Man, that was kind of stupid. But here's what's funny about you. It's funny about me too. Quite often, you know what I won't do in that moment? Quite often, you know what I won't do? You know what you won't do in that moment? You won't do this. Hey, sorry about that. I can't believe I just threw my Slurpee at your cat. Like, I'm, that was just not good. That was dumb. I'm so sorry. Often we don't do that. Why? Because we don't want to deal with it. We don't want to deal with the stupid thing that we just did. So we stay mad. And sometimes I think we stay mad because we don't want to ask this question. What is it about me that's the kind of person that throws Slurpees at innocent cats? See, I bring that up because a while back, I saw this list, the impact of trauma, especially trauma in your childhood, the impact that it has on your day-to-day -day life today. Attachment issues, trouble with relationships, trouble with boundaries, empathy, and social isolation, physical health issues, impaired sensory motor development, coordination problems, and increased medical problems. Emotional regulation issues. Difficulty identifying or labeling feelings and communicating needs. Cognitive ability issues. Problems with focus, learning, processing new information, language development, planning, and orientation to time and space. Self-concept issues. Lack of consistent sense of self. Body image issues. Low self-esteem, shame, and guilt. Behavioral control issues. Difficulty controlling impulses, oppositional behavior, aggression, disrupted sleep and eating patterns, trauma reenactment. Have you dealt with any of that? Yeah, same here. So what we do every day is we invite God in to review of our last 24 hours. And we figure out, God, am I taking little steps in a direction that's going to lead me someplace that I never wanted to go? And, and, we ask ourselves, is there something that I haven't dealt with back here that's caused me to take little steps in a direction that I don't want to end up in? New year, more you. The youest you that the world has ever seen this year. That you would be spiritually alive, that you would be everything that you were created to be. How do we feed our soul? Well, number one, we read. Not as fans, but as followers. Number two, we review. Because the unexamined life is not worth living. The third R, the last one that I'm going to cover today, is just rejoice. Rejoice. Be grateful. 
and talking all about like throwing your Slurpee at a cat, right? You should also take some time every day to be grateful for you. You should take some time every day being grateful for you. Hey God, thanks, thank you. Thank you that I was able to choose generosity in that moment. Because a year ago, I probably wouldn't have. God, thank you for that act of kindness that I was able to extend. God, thank you for the gifts and the abilities and the opportunities that you gave me today. Hey, God, thank you that I was able to work really hard today, that you've given me the body, that you've given me the ability to work hard. Grateful people are joyful people, and joyful people are grateful people. And yet, here's what's fascinating. There's absolutely no relationship between your level of gratitude and your standard of living. There is absolutely no relation between your level of gratitude and your standard of living. So gratitude then is a choice. Gratitude is something that I need to work on. We all need to work on. We need to practice gratitude. So every day, you ask yourself, God, what am I grateful for today? Now often what I'll do is I'll just be random. I'll just look back over the last 24 hours and just think about all the different things that I have to be grateful for. But I read somebody said, one of the ways to help you with gratitude is this. Start going through your life and asking yourself, what if I didn't have that? What if that person wasn't around? It's a pretty fascinating practice. So you start going back through your day. Well, where did it start? I woke up in the morning. I woke up in the morning. I woke, time out, whoa, whoa, whoa. Not everybody wakes up. Thank you, God, that I woke up. And then I got out of bed. Time out. Not everybody can get out of bed. Thank you, God. And when I got out of bed, I took my head off my pillow. I really love my pillow. Can I tell you about, that's why you came today, right? I want to tell you about my pillow. Listen to this. It's an amazing pillow story, okay? So I went, I went through a real Goldilocks time with pillows. Some were too thin, some were way too fat, and then I found one like the right width, but it had all these like feathers that like poked out into my neck and it just drove me crazy. I couldn't find a pillow that worked, you know? And so one day when I was at work, my wife Corinne took a pillow that was too thin for me and she cut up this, this foam that was at her house and she took these strips of foam and she put it beside the pillow, she wrapped all that up in a pillowcase and then put another pillowcase over top of it, and now I have the world's most perfect pillow. <laughs> I love that pillow so much. You know how much I love it? Remember I told you, Lucas and I flew to Edmonton to watch a game, right? I checked a bag. In my check bag was my pillow and my favorite blanket. <laughs> In some ways, I wish I wouldn't have shared that, but now I did, and so... <laughs> Lucas was very annoyed with me that I checked my bag, to be honest, but I did because that's my pillow, you know? And it's funny because when we got back to Vancouver, there was a lady who thought that my suitcase was her suitcase. Okay, so we're standing there and I see my suitcase coming around. It's got lime green tape on the handle. I'm like, that's my suitcase. And she just grabbed it. And she took it and she put the handle up and she started walking away with it. So I came up to her and I'm like, excuse me, ma'am, I, I, uh, I think it's my suitcase. She's like, actually, it's mine. I'm like, well, I'm pretty sure. I said, do you have lime green, green tape wrapped around your handle? She said, uh, maybe. I'm like, well, you know, I got a little thing here that says M. Manus, and that says M. Manus, so I really think it's mine. So she reluctantly let me have the bag, okay? So, so I walk outside with Lucas, and she follows us out. She's like, I got to tell you something. I just don't feel good about this. I think it's actually my suitcase. 
I said, okay, well, here, how about I open it up for you? So I opened up my suitcase, and I said, did you pack a blankie and a pillow in your suitcase? She said, no, I did not. Touche, ma'am, touche. But you, you go through your day. I got up. I drove to the gym in a car. I have a car to get to the gym. And then I work out at the gym, and some people can't work out. And then I come here. I get to work here with this amazing team on this amazing, amazing mission. And then I go home to an incredible wife, and you go on and on and on, and you practice gratitude. Why? Because grateful people are joyful people, and joyful people are grateful people. My dream for you in 2023, new year, more you. More you, the, the youest you that we have ever seen is what we will see as we become spiritually alive, as we feed our souls. Read the Bible, not as a fan, but as a follower. Review your day because the unexamined life is not worth living and finally rejoice. Grateful people are joyful people and joyful people are grateful people. Hey, just before I close, there's this conversation that keeps coming to my mind. It's three chapters earlier in this Gospel of John. Jesus is talking to this man named Nicodemus. And Nicodemus comes to Jesus at night and he says to Jesus, how can I get eternal life? And Jesus looks at him and says, Nicodemus, you need to be born again. You need to be born again. And that hit me. That really hit me because I'm talking here about, hey, how to feed your soul in 2023. And that's great. No, that's great. But please understand something. We don't feed dead things. So the first step to becoming the youest version of you that the world has ever seen is that you would become spiritually alive. Jesus said, you must be born again. Spiritually alive, fully, completely, totally alive. That's why Jesus stepped into human history. He came, he died so that we could live. He rose again so that we could too to a life worth living, a real and eternal life. The youest version of you that we've ever seen starts here. To accept the gift of Jesus, to take you from spiritually dead to spiritually alive. You must, I must, we must all be born again. So before we close today, I would just invite you to take a moment of reflection. If you could bow your heads and close your eyes. Your family needs the youest version of you that we've ever seen. This city needs the U.S. version of you that we've ever seen. And the first step towards that is you must be born again. Jesus came, Jesus died, and Jesus rose again so that you and me could be born again. That's our first step. So with all heads bowed and all eyes closed, I want to give you the opportunity to do that, to accept his gift. His death, his resurrection makes us fully, completely, eternally alive. If you want to be born again today, just raise your hand right now, wherever you are. If you're online, I would love it if you would do the same thing because I want to pray for you. Nice and high if you don't mind. That's great. That's great. Amazing. Today's the day, January 15th, 2023. What a day, what a day, what a day, what a day. Yeah, you can put your hands back down. If your hand is up, if your hand was up, whether you're online or in person, I'm going to pray out loud and I just invite you to pray silently along with me. So Jesus, thank you. Thank you that everything that needed to be done 
for this life, for me to become the truest version of myself, has already been done. So Jesus, I ask you to be my savior today. That you died on the cross so that I could have a fresh start and a new beginning right now. Thank you. And Jesus, I invite you to be my Lord. That you rose again to give me strength for today, hope for tomorrow, and life, real life. Today, tomorrow, and forever. Thank you, Jesus, in your name. Amen. Let's celebrate. Hey, I want to thank you so much again. Two things. If you just raised your hand, whether you're online or in person, and prayed that prayer, could you do me a favor and text the keyword LIFE to that number, 604-670-3040? And again, next week, we're going to continue this conversation, how to feed our soul. And I'm going to ask you something. Invite someone. Invite someone. I love you. We'll see you then. Thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. And to stay up to date with all things Southside, follow at Southside underscore church on Instagram. We love you guys. The best is yet to come.